With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I genuinely believe there's a new generation, a new wave of athletes coming through and the relationships are going to be different. That's gold dust for us. Just give us your honest opinion and advice on what we discuss. I'm kind of like a big sister to a lot of the track athletes. I would want that for the same for different sports. For me, it was as much about us as an organisation practising what we preach a little bit and giving back to athletes. This is a special edition of the podcast with the BAC, the British Athletes Commission. Coming up, you'll hear from the newest board member. Hello, my name is Asha Phillip. I am a two-time Olympic medalist and I'm the newest member on the BAC. Why they were selected, what they'll be doing and along with the BAC... Hi, I'm Vicky Agar and I'm chair of the British Athletes Commission. How they'll be supporting, representing and empowering Great Britain's elite athletes. The British Athletes Commission was set up in the early noughties to represent the interests of athletes in Great Britain. It provides independent, confidential and expert advice. It was recently asked by Team GB and Paralympics GB to work with its athletes at both the Summer and Winter Olympics and Paralympics. And it's never been busier, with the number of cases dealt with doubling each year for the past two years. The BAC is changing itself, with two new and current athletes joining the board to oversee its work. Great British hockey captain and Tokyo bronze medalist Holly Pern-Webb, and now Olympic, World, European and Commonwealth sprint medalist Asha Phillip. At first, I didn't, I didn't think it was like a possible thing for me to firstly be on a board, let's just say that, because it, it doesn't seem realistic, a girl for me, like from East London, who, yes, I run track and field, I never thought being on any type of board, but the first one to be on is like an athlete's board, knowing that I'm an athlete myself, I want to help other athletes. I'm much of a person that likes to help people, which is a, a good and a bad thing. You know, you help put people first before yourself, and um, but... It's a good thing because I feel I could somewhat make a change or help to make a change or help to change an athlete's life or career. And it's a good feeling. How did it come about for you? 
Uh, I had a phone call actually um, from my accountant and he messaged me and he said, Asha, I think like you should go for it. And I think he'd me. I said, are you sure? Bearing in mind, I was on holiday in Dubai at the time. <laughs> and I was like, no, I, I don't think I'll be good enough for it. And then apparently I'm better than what I think I am. So it was, it was a surprise. <laughs> They ask you questions about the board or just being a part of the British um, Athletes Commission. And at first, I didn't know so much about it, even though I was an athlete myself. It wasn't a thing that we knew of. Like, I think we knew it was in the background, but it wasn't like in the forefront of our minds. Um, as athletes, we've been brought up in like a tough environment where we don't feel like the Federation is always on our side. When we don't know the obvious, the other, it was, we always say there's always two sides to every story. And to know that I finally get to see the other side and what's going on, okay, maybe I can understand. But as I'm getting older, I'm starting to be more lenient. But growing up, you just thought, oh, they never want to, you know, push me. They always want somebody else. But I just feel that kind of gave me that drive and to want to not say change it, but trying to change athletes' perception. You know, there are people like, say, the BAC that want to help athletes and want to help individuals, which I feel is a really good thing. So tell us, and you hinted at it earlier about that need, that desire to help people. Tell us your roles, your responsibilities then now in terms of representing that athlete voice. Um, well, I think it's just being truthful, to be honest. Uh, if they ask me a question, I think as long as I answer it as purified as anything, I think that's probably the best way to go about it. And I think the authenticity of me being me is always a good thing because you don't want someone that's going to shy away from the truth or not. I won't say tell someone they're doing something wrong or they're not going in the right direction or they don't feel like this would be good for them. It's like you need that. You need someone to shake up the tree and just feel like, OK, maybe we should try something new because not always the standard book crew is always the right way. And since it became sort of known amongst your circle, maybe at least, that you're joining the board of the BAC, has the, the phone been red hot? Lots of WhatsApp messages from Dina and Katerina and all of the others of your teammates? Uh, I haven't actually told all of them just yet, to be fair. I kept telling my family, because um, my cousin, she's really good. Well, she's quite high-end in her job. She's an architect and I don't know what she does, but she's up there near the top. And said, are you on the board? And she's like, no, I was like, oh, well, I am. And I'll always flick my hair and I'll make a big deal. I said, I'm a board member, darling. So you must talk to me correctly. Sorry, you're too little for me. I can't speak to you. You're not good enough. You're... So I just make jokes and stuff like that. But I won't think I'll say that to the athletes, but to my family members, I do. But I really want them, as much as I am much of a helper, they, I'm kind of like a big sister to a lot of the track athletes. So I would, I would want that for the same for different sports. Because I know, I'm, I'm very friendly. I'm, I get on, well, to be fair, when I went to 2016 Olympics, I got on with a number of different sports. I'm that person that just wants to be friends with everyone or just get to understand that their sport and their world. So I feel like I have a, a great relationship with them. So I'm just hoping that relationship will be like carry on and they can know that they can talk to me and trust me because I'm very much of a person that likes to keep secrets, mainly because I forget majority of them. But that's all a good thing. <laughs> Let's bring Vicky Agar, the chair of the British Athletes Commission in now. I think Asha was doing herself a slight disservice there when she was referring to a family member saying quite high up in her chosen career. Asha has Olympic world and Commonwealth Games medal. She's done pretty well in her chosen career as a track and field athlete. How pleased are you to have her on your board, Vicky? Yeah, it's not too shabby at all. And, I, and I'm and i absolutely thrilled to bits to have Asher on the board. It was a really rig rigorous process. She's not doing herself justice as well. We had some really brilliant interest in terms of um, current and retired athletes wanting um, a place on the board of the BAC, which fills me with enormous pride that actually there's that level of engagement now from across 
across the Olympic and Paralympic community. Um, but yeah, Asha's incredibly refreshing. Um, really, it was really articulate in the interview in terms of you know her passion and the reasons why she wants to wanted to join the board of the BAC. And for me, it was as much about us as an organisation practising what we preach a little bit and giving back to athletes and having that first time um, board level exposure. And I remember my first um, experience on a board and being totally overwhelmed and feeling completely out of my depth. And if we can get a number of athletes coming through the BAC board and having a friendly experience and upskilling and training them and exposing them to the, what the board environment's like with some incredible mentors with some really experienced board members around the table, then that and then that's a really good job done from the BAC's perspective, I think. So yeah, it, it's, it's brilliant to have Asher on board. For people listening that maybe don't know too much about the British Athletes Commission, Vicky, what can you tell us about your role, your responsibilities as an organisation? Well, we're very much a membership organisation. The BAC was set up back in 2004 by athletes for athletes, and it's kind of grown and and emerged ever since. Um, We very much deal um, with, uh, I guess, some of the reactive stuff within sport, sometimes seen as the the, the not-so-great side of sport, so helping athletes that have problems around selection or bullying harassment, um, providing in that independent advice support and mediation to to athletes um but probably more in recent years doing a lot of proactive engagement work with athletes as well and and really representing and and being that collective voice feeding back into the broader high performance system and trying to influence policies and decision making that is the best for for athletes and kind of putting their voice at the center of everything and Asha, Vicky mentioned some of the big issues there that you will now be dealing with as a board member. I mean, selection is huge. It's your livelihood, but you have issues around bullying, safeguarding, sexism. There is a lot to deal with. And those issues have never been, I'm guessing, more important in elite sport than right now. Uh, yeah, it's it's hot, let's just say. And um, to be honest, it's it's good that it's now come to a light. So athletes are standing on their two feet and standing up for themselves because a lot of athletes wouldn't do it. And it always just takes that one person to just say, this happened to me or I'm going through this. And it makes a massive change. And then you just see a wave of new people just um, standing up and saying the same things. And that's what we feel like we need. We just need that one person to just speak up. It's I mean, it's never nice to hear the stories, what people go through, but yeah, you want to expose them. So it's okay to talk about things. We don't want to shy away. I, with sport, I always tell people it's 80% mental and 20% physical. And trying to deal with all the, the, the stuff surrounding you going to training and your coaches and your therapy staff, there's a lot going on. And you just want to be able to minimise as much stress as possible for athletes. And have you seen in your career to date examples of behaviours that you thought we should act upon that. And now in your role, you think, I hope someone comes to us, comes to me and tells me what's going on. Now I'm a part of it. I definitely mention it a lot to people. And I say, why well, do you say that? I do say the BAC a lot. If someone makes even a joke and stuff, say, hey, you better be careful. I, I've done my safeguarding course. You might want to tone that down. <laughs> but um, it really is about letting people, well, athletes know that the BAC are there for them. And they want to help. They they are literally, if you just, there's a 24-hour line that you can call and they are there for you. And it's just really pushing that so they understand all the resources that we have. 
But I think that is me being on like the ground level. It is about trying to push that as much as possible. And Vicky, I think those conversations are never more important in elite sport. I think for a lot of people, the moment of the 2020 Olympics in 2021 was probably Simone Biles. And Simone Biles being brave enough to come out and say that she didn't feel good. She didn't feel like she wanted to compete. That seemed like a game-changing moment. And whilst I accept, obviously, she's not under your jurisdiction, there are athletes now that are finding their voice and they are talking about the big issues. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that there's there's lots of global stories, but also a lot happening domestically, which, which has meant that athlete welfare has, has become a real focus on priority. And um, yeah, for sure, it's kind of put us in the spotlight a, a little bit. And um, and it's, it's as much about being proactive um and supporting athletes rather than reactive and we're we're starting to see some really positive movement within the system now whilst we're we've got a great level of traction and probably the highest level of engagement with athletes um across all the different sports 42 different sports that we work with some of the casework that we're that we're doing it might indicate that perhaps there's there's a rising problem in sport I don't think that's necessarily the case we're seeing and have seen for the last two to three years um every quarter an increase in the kind of casework that we do with athletes every it's you know, it's a you know 180 percent increase on last year um, doesn't mean to say things are getting worse, but I think it, it's a positive step that actually athletes are starting to to trust us. And I think it's quite a slow process. As Asha said, some athletes still haven't heard of the BAC. And this year, it's really hunkering down and just building and meeting with those athletes, whether it's on training camps, whether it's in their environment, just to build that level of trust um, and rapport with them so that we can proactively prevent issues before that they occur or become too significant. People listening to this predominantly will be your members at the British Athletes Commission. And Asha said they're a 24-7 helpline. You talked about your caseload. So were someone to report something to you, what is the process? What happens next? What do you do? Well, well most athletes um, will and should know, hopefully, they have a dedicated uh, athlete support manager um, and they're all completely qualified, professional, independent uh, members of staff at the BAC. They will initially assess that um, that that issue or concern the athlete has and work through a kind of plan step mechanism um, to look at how they resolve their issue in the best interest of the athlete, really. Asher and I have spoken um, already around, you know, what proactive positive stuff can we provide for our members aside from the you know there's the nitty-gritty day really important core of our work but what else can can and should we be as an organization to support Britain's athletes let's get the athlete perspective now Asha because some people listening to this maybe who are not involved so heavily in elite sport see you guys as if you like machines kind of robotic we watch you in big stadiums, we watch you at major championships and we think that, you know, you can just go out and do it and perform all the time. But being a professional, being an elite athlete is hard work, isn't it? Yeah, it's daunting. I'm not going to lie. It's got really nice, beautiful highs, but the worst lows at times. And before we even got into the start line for any of our competitions, it is it was the mountains we had to climb to get there. And people don't see that. You know, when you've got like a an iceberg and you don't see how well, like an ice cube and then how deep it is underwater how far it goes like 
not many people see it. They only see the glitz and the glamour. They don't see us crying on the track, wanting to quit, wanting to run away, probably just do something that we've never ever done before because we just want to get away from our sport. But we get up and we do it. And I, I really forget that people forget that we're humans first. Like, I'm still somebody's child. I'm still my mum's baby. I'm still <laughs> going to cry to her if I need her or something. I'm, I'm still that girl. But um, people just seem to forget that. They just see, oh, she does this and she does that. And they put us on pedestals, which I don't mind. <laughs> Who doesn't mind me putting on a pedestal? But at the end of the day, we still had to work to get here. Nothing was spoon-fed to us. We, with sport, well, especially with track and field, if, like, if you're not quick enough, quick enough you're not going to make the team. And that's like, it's really hard. And people just don't understand that. And I hope they listening to me well, leaving this they understand that we are human first and obviously so many pressures on you pressures first and foremost you put on yourself mm-hmm. to compete to perform to be the best that you possibly can be there will be there will be pressures from coaches agents sponsors and also people who pay their money to watch you or follow you on the television on the radio as well it's true and plus we do have bills to pay as well living i might be in miami now but it's not cheap <laughs> but it's just like people they just we just forget that we there's so much added pressures first you want to please yourself you want to please your family again like you say your agents your coaches and there's just so many people that you feel like you're competing for but you forget the one the main one is yourself um well a number of sports are individual but it's people forget that we have to be the ones to go out there and we have to try to leave all the madness behind before we step out onto it. So you just want to minimise as much noise as possible. But it's the hardest thing, just knowing that my mom's like, oh, can I call you before? No, mum, I'm trying to be professional. <laughs> like, I've got things to do. But they didn't even show their support. But to us, that's still a lot to, you know, to carry. But, you know, it's just having the right... Um, well, if you have a sports psychologist, they help you manage your certain situations. And hopefully it's not as bad as when you actually go to the championships. Because even then, I think before we even get to the championships, the hardest thing is getting to the trials and competing there. Because in the championships, it's just not say a breeze, but at least the, the, the one biggest thing is has gone. Like you finally made it to the champs. Okay, now it's just perform and do your best. But getting there, it's like, it's rough. <laughs> Vicky spoke earlier about how you dazzled in the process to become a board member, Asher. So what are your big ideas from your experience? What is it that you want to bring to the table? Uh, I always say it's harder to get seniors because obviously me being a senior myself not not knowing so much about the BEC at the beginning it's hard to not say break us but hard to get into our heads and have those conversations and know that we're already there knowing how much trauma we've had previous years with our federation and believing that they're not there on our behalf so it's like it's harder to break an, an adult but if we've got a junior who's up and coming and you just obviously they still they're going to be on funding and stuff it's really me personally to try and speak to them and let them know that they're on your side I, I genuinely believe there's a new generation a new wave of athletes coming through and the relationships are going to be different I just I don't know what it is I just kind of feel it's going to be a different relationship and it's really about speaking to them and starting off on the right foot rather than trying to change shoes later on in life and Vicky what are we hoping for here what should elite sport aspire to look like in the years ahead, with the assistance of people like Asha Phillip on your board now, well, I think it's the contribution as a you know as a as a membership body with hopefully um, led by athletes, which is really important to help contribute and influence a sporting system that does perform and does produce medals. It's not about not performing, but 
allows or facilitates athlete, the athlete journey to be an amazing one. I've retired a million years ago, really, but the, the most important thing for me on reflecting on my career as well was not just the medals I won, but the journey that I went on and, and the person that I became and what sport gave me. And I think if you can contribute to that, that a really positive journey as well as the success, then I think we've we've done a really good job. And I think that 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 evolves and changes with every Olympic cycle or every Paralympic cycle. Like you say, Ash, as Asha said, there's new athletes coming in from our borders and breakers to you know different sports, different cultures, different ways of working. And we've just got to really understand every single one of our members to be able to respond and and and, and support them in the ways that they need us to we have some brilliant relationship with a lot of national governing bodies now not all of them a healthy relation working relationship with uk sport um dame graphic catherine granger is a really good advocate and, and really support a great supporter of the bac i think that's evolved over the last four years and i think we've become a much more trusted and respected organization and 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 as such um have the ability to influence quite strongly actually and Asher, in terms of the organisation you represent, British Athletics, we know it's tough times at the minute. The chief executive and other senior staff members have departed. Together with the other issues that have been highlighted more recently around the Federation, does that mean that organisations like the BAC become more important? Yeah, 100%. Our house is on fire. So uh, <laughs> trying to get the fire extinguisher, <laughs> the fire extinguisher to work. But, you know, athletes have a different mentality and their main focus is to perform and do what they can do best. Even though there's a lot of things going around, we do try to focus on what our actual goal is. And if we do have any problems, I mean, there are a few stuff left that we can discuss and there's discuss things with, and obviously the BAC do definitely help because, I mean, I have honestly just been like planting little seeds into different athletes' heads and saying, oh, the BAC can help you. If you need anything, don't worry. Just say something and I'm sure they'll be there to help you. Um, because I feel now more than ever, I feel our sport needs it. It was definitely a shock, I think, to the whole of the sport. Well, me personally, I think I just took, I tried to tell everyone, we went through a whole pandemic. It was madness. No, Nobody knew what to do. We had new staff that had come in and they had no idea. And I just, I didn't really make, well, I tried to not say push all the blame onto them, but if they don't know, no one's been in this situation. How can you really like attack them for a pandemic which they never planned for? But again, with athletes, as much of what is going on, everyone's kind of like took their own step back and kind of created their own circles as in their own therapies their own um team of staff that they work alongside so they're not really they're not as much dependent on the federation which is it's kind of split down the middle like you want them to be a part of your team but then you also feel like well they're not helping but they're going through so much let me just sort myself out because at the end of the day we're the ones that have to go out there and run we're the ones that have to go in there and perform but again we have to find a way for ourselves to perform. So if we can't go to them, we'll just go down a different route. Asking the BAC or asking friends and family, other people that have, you know, that support that we could find, that's basically, I feel like, what a lot of, what genuinely a lot of British athletes have done. Just found their own support network to try and progress because how can we go to an office when there's no one there anymore? So 
it's kind of yeah it is a mess but I completely agree with what Asha says and I think part of it is an athlete will just it by very nature just be selfish and honing on what do they need to, to, to perform and deliver and 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 yeah I'm sure it's been massively unsettling there's been so much change not just in athletics but across the whole entire sporting system but Typically, there always is change, but it feels like massive senior leadership teams are exiting loads of different sports, and it's not just a performance director; it's the whole, it's the whole crew. And um, I think the most unsettling thing we're seeing for athletes is, you know, am I going to be funded? I know what I need to do. I'm working with my coach. I just need to know that I can have a roof over my head and afford to to live and train to be a full time athlete. And I think some of the uncertainty around changes in leadership and then perhaps changes in selection and different people want different things I think I think that's probably been quite unsettling for for a number of athletes um but on the whole it's been amazing to see you know particularly the last two years how adaptable um the athletes have been and they just crack on with it so Vicky before we wrap up and we'll give Asha the final word you must be absolutely delighted to have someone of her caliber on board yeah, absolutely thrilled. Uh, really thrilled to have that. It was really important to me um, to bring on some new blood within the board, that, you know, some fresh ideas and, and really some really current and relevant athletes. And Asha and, and Holly Pernweb from hockey as well have joined. And um, it's brilliant just to have that fresh perspective, honest. Asha said to me, what do you want from me, Vicky? And I just said, your honesty. That's all we need. That's gold dust for us. Just give us your honest opinion and advice on on what we discuss um, and and just be your authentic self. So it's, yeah, I'm thrilled to bits. Asha, your final message to your fellow athletes about the British Athletes Commission? Do you know, I feel it's it's the trust and believe that they're not, I'm not saying affiliated with your federation, they are separate. So if you really do have an issue or you want something to talk about, there's no wrong or right way to say something like anything you say helps if you need to just get something off your chest if you see something just say it because you know we need athletes to speak up and um if you don't it's going to make it things diff- difficult and i mean it's, there's no pressure they're not sending anyone yes please say something if you feel like you need to say something trust and believe the bac are actually listening Asha Phillip, the newest board member of the British Athletes Commission and chair of BAC, Vicky Agar, talking to Michael. And if you'd like more info on the BAC or you're a world-class programme athlete with automatic membership, check out the website, britishathletes.org. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.